0: Hey, parents. You're listening to the Project Parenthood podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nanika Kaur, clinical psychologist and respectful parenting therapist. Each week, I'll introduce you to the same respectful parenting practices that I use to help parents repair and deepen connections with their children. You'll get tips for cultivating more parental self-compassion, more cooperation from your kids, and more joy, peace, and resilience in your relationship with them. In today's episode, I'm talking about Juneteenth, a holiday commemorating the end of race-based chattel slavery in the United States. Specifically, the day that formerly enslaved people in Galveston, Texas, learned that they were free. Stick around till the end for tips on how to observe the holiday with your family in ways that honor and uplift Black joy. On June 17th, 2021, President Joe Biden signed into law the Juneteenth National Independence Day Act, making Juneteenth a federal holiday. Most white Americans hadn't heard of Juneteenth until the summer of 2020, after the murder of George Floyd. But in the southern and southwestern United States, Juneteenth has been celebrated by black Americans for over a century. Juneteenth commemorates June 19. 1865, the day when Major General Gordon Granger rode into Galveston, Texas, and announced the official end of race-based chattel slavery there. This announcement came two and a half years after President Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. And though the Union Army had won the Civil War in April 1865, when Robert E. Lee surrendered to General Grant at Appomattox, Virginia, Texans were resistant to accepting defeat, so until 2,000 Union troops marched into Galveston Bay to enforce the proclamation, the more than 250,000 people enslaved there didn't know that they were free. General Order No. 3 stated, the people of Texas are informed that, in accordance with a proclamation from the Executive of the United States, All slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves, and the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. The freedmen are advised to remain quietly at their present homes and work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect at military posts and that they will not be supported in idleness, either there or elsewhere. The first Juneteenth celebrations commemorating the end of slavery in the United States was in 1865 and became more popular as time went on, eventually becoming a state holiday in 1980 in Texas. As Black people migrated from Texas to other states, they brought their Juneteenth celebrations with them, Historically, commemorating the day can include formal attire, parades, educational programs, music, firecrackers, fun, and coming together with family and with the community. This often takes place, along with a cookout, featuring barbecue and red-themed food and drink. Because they aren't a monolithic group... Black Americans naturally have varying levels of comfort with the swift official and corporate recognition of Juneteenth. On the heels of the Black Lives Matter protests against police brutality in 2020, many American corporations publicly acknowledged that racism does indeed exist. Yet little has changed since these acknowledgments. People have voiced frustration, viewing the making of a national Juneteenth holiday as largely performative while more pressing issues facing Black Americans remain unaddressed. Declaring Juneteenth a holiday allows those in power to be self-congratulatory without actually making any lasting change that would significantly impact Black American lives for the better. Making enduring changes to hiring, compensation, and promotion practices, for instance, is a better allocation of resources than a day off for federal workers. This legislation was also passed in less than a week, while bills on law enforcement reform, voting rights, and a commission to study reparations remain stalled. Furthermore, there is some dread about Juneteenth being for quote-unquote everyone, and how that can lead to its meaning becoming watered down, co-opted, commercialized, and commodified by and for non-Black people. Critics aside... Black proponents of the Juneteenth Act applaud legislation making it a national holiday because, one, the abolition of race based chattel slavery for millions of enslaved people and Black people's contribution to their own liberation shouldn't go unacknowledged. Number two, it's an opportunity for an annual national remembrance of the historical complications and precariousness of Black freedom. And three, in a country where Blackness is often associated with trauma, suffering, and struggle, it's a rare opportunity to celebrate progress, joy, and hope for Black Americans. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or Get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you, if you could? Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Model and encourage critical thinking about the first Juneteenth. The Juneteenth holiday is a wonderful opportunity to explore the historical context of the celebration. It's important that children know that some, but not all, enslaved people were considered free from bondage on that first Juneteenth. In 1863, the Emancipation Proclamation freed only those enslaved in Confederate states that had not already fallen to the Union Army many enslaved in the Union-held border states of Maryland, Delaware, West Virginia, Kentucky, and Missouri, remained so, until the 13th Amendment was ratified in December 1865. And while it was critical to expanding freedom to enslaved people, General Order No. 3 contains the roots of current harmful stereotypes about Black Americans as work-averse, disruptive, and handout-seeking and used racist language that foreshadowed the ways that America would continue to hedge on any promise of freedom it extended to the very people whose bodies it exploited to build its great wealth. After stating that the enslaved would henceforth be free, it also goes on to essentially say, don't be loudly celebratory. Keep living with your enslavers. Keep working for your enslavers, only now for pay. Don't look to the government to help you, and don't be lazy. Legal race-based chattel slavery was meeting its end, but white supremacy remained and remains alive and well. Number two, center ongoing Black resistance and triumph over continued injustice. What often goes unmentioned in the revisionist notion that enslaved Africans and their descendants are passive recipients of the freedoms quote-unquote granted to them by white saviors, are the myriad ways that Black people contributed and continue to contribute to their own liberation. For instance, the 29th Colored Regiment played an integral role in the war effort that brought about their own liberation and saved the Union. And despite two centuries of bondage, the Reconstruction period following the Civil War from 1865 to 1877 was a period of hope, promise, family reunification, and economic, educational, and political gains for formerly enslaved people. Black people accomplished amazing things as a community and for the country, less than a single generation removed from enslavement. As Black people gained social and political power, Southern whites became enraged calling for, quote-unquote, redemption, a return of white supremacy, and the restriction of rights for Black Americans. This was the first of the many periods of backlash following any incremental gain in or promotion of Black freedom in the United States. Thus began the period of the Ku Klux Klan and Jim Crow. Race-based terror, lynchings, discrimination, and segregation that would remain in place until the civil rights resistance movements of the 1950s and 60s. Black resistance helped to bring about legislation that ended segregation and Black voter suppression, along with discriminatory employment and housing practices. And the third way families can observe Juneteenth is to learn about and honor the ways Black Americans have chosen joy as an act of resistance. While the struggle for Black freedom is a real one, It's not the only facet of Black life. Through periods of great sadness, Black people have also found ways to choose and find joy through things like art, food ways, entrepreneurship, humor, and community. So challenge yourself. This Juneteenth, take the opportunity to highlight for your kids the ways in which Black Americans from the first Juneteenth to the present day didn't give up hope and persevered even in uncertain times. Patronize your local Black-owned businesses and restaurants. Learn more about the creative measures they may have taken to survive the pandemic-related closures. Watch a documentary with your children to learn about spaces where Black people have historically felt safe to experience the full expression of their authentic joyfulness and happiness, like through church communities, music, performance, and visual art. Add children's books to your collection written by Black authors that are about a Black main character doing everything from saving the day to solving the mystery to playing with their dog on the porch. Seeing images of Black children being joyful, valued, and loved helps build the empathy and tolerance needed to dismantle racism. Learn about the roles Black musicians, artists, and performers played in resistance movements throughout US history. Learn about black leaders, trailblazers, and innovators, and their intersecting identities in the history of your local area. Let me know how it goes. Though feelings about Juneteenth as a national holiday are mixed, it's historically been a holiday centered around celebrating the national and regional cultures, art, food, humanity, and tenacity that are American Blackness. Juneteenth can be a day where all Americans take the time to acknowledge Black resistance, liberation, and joy. As Black Americans, we may experience generational trauma. We may have to withstand anti-Blackness, white supremacy, and racism. And we may have to continue to struggle for true and equal freedom. But we're here And that's a lot to celebrate when it comes to that kind of intergenerational survival and capacity to thrive, despite the odds. I hope that's helpful. You can learn more about my work with parents at www.brooklynparenttherapy.com and on Instagram at bkparents. That's B-K-P-A-R-E-N-T-S. If you have more questions about talking with kids about Juneteenth, or any other parenting questions or stories, leave me a message at 646-926-3243. And be sure to let me know if it's okay to use your voice on the show. Or send an email to parenthood at quickanddirtytips.com. And don't forget to subscribe to Project Parenthood on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Catch you next week. Project Parenthood is a Quick and Dirty Tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Dan Fyrebend with script editing by Adam Cecil. Our podcasting and advertising operations specialist is Morgan Christensen. Our assistant manager is Emily Miller. Our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin. And our intern is Brendan Pika. That's all for this episode. Catch you next week.